0: they're all warnings
1: yeah. right that yes. like I, I remember in that video i watched it and you said um well what, what did they really exist and it's like well hang on don't they exist because you know right that's our materialist <laughs> right. mindset that's our materialist mindset back in the day uh when you even when you go back their ontology their I their worldview was Different to us, they weren't materialist. they didn't see that way, but they literally saw maybe not back, it depends how far that legend goes back. I think it probably goes far back a, a long way. They literally saw it though, even if it wasn't materially there, as you say, they saw it. Like they didn't just tell a BS story about it, they, it was like in their, like so in their worldview that they would see. Like there's records of this stuff, like there's records of it, even today in like extreme moments. Like there's there's like two people see the same thing like there's these two rock climbers that they almost died and they and they both saw the same thing the same like mythological thing appear in like this is in 1920 or something Jung talks about uh-huh. it you might call that an apparition like gods for instance like zeus they saw them in the forest when they would go out there and not just as a delusion like not well, every time a- of course sorry go.
0: slightly slightly modern one there's two people that i know one of them i'm quite close with and they told We were talking about things like this, myths and legends, blah, blah, blah. And he told me a story about when he was five years old, he was out in the back garden with his sister. And it was sort of dusk, you know, like sun's not quite set yet. It's still semi-light, but it's a little bit dark. And they looked up and they saw a black figure with glowing red eyes sitting on the roof. But it was a, they said it was a man, but it was crawling on all fours. And it started shrieking at us in like some language. But then when we were shouting things back at it, like in fear, like shouting, go away and stuff like that at it. The thing started speaking in English to them, and it was saying horrific, like vulgar, like horrible shit. But he, he turned around and says, When he said it, it didn't sound like just some old man saying horrible shit. Like it sounded archaic the way he was the way this thing was wording it. And we we, we spoke about the story, and I was just sitting there going, Oh, fucking hell, that's quite scary, a scary thing for a child to go through. He decided to go home that night and call his sister. Like this, he's the guy's in his 50s now. And he called his sister and went, do you remember when we were in the back garden playing like years ago when I was like six and you were like eight and that that thing was on the roof? And his sister went ape shit and went, I-, I thought I made that up. I-, I didn't think that was a real memory. You remember that as well? And he went, yeah, I remember it. I thought I made it up. But both of them remembered it and they were both like vouching each other's parts of the story. And that, mm. I don't know, I found that really weird. Look, that, 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 was, that, that freaked me out a
1: little. <laughs> People need to understand though that, look, like, we've got this mindset, oh, we know everything because of science. We know, you know, athe- this, this atheism. I'm not an atheist personally, but possession, right? And uh, in an objective language, possession's real. When, you, Like, when you're possessed are the devil, that's a literal meme complex. And uh, like, if you want to talk an objective language, that's an archetype that has possessed them and they're no longer sort of conscious, it's taken over consciousness, right? It's not just, they're not just going, no, they're possessed by, if you wanted to, like the meme, the meme complex. Because like I mentioned yeah. before, like what we are as characters is is, is procedures and an outcome. Like our stories are alive, like they they change, exist, they're sort of like, they exist in a sort of hyperspace between all of us in the sense of they're in each of our brains, right? But that region is real, like they're real, They're real arrangements of real matter in your brain. They just happen to be across many brains, right? But that's what a God is. And again, like I said, possession is real in that sense. Like, they're not making...
0: So would you say that... So so you say that something happened to them to cause a massive enough shift in their personality to push them into negative traits. So negative traits, like, I'm not saying lying on the ground, driving, speaking in tongues, trying to summon above himself. I don't mean, mm -hmm. like, literal shit like that. I mean, like... Do you feel that something happened to them in the process, turned them into a worse-off person that then does bad things?
1: I think that our psyche, and this is like you know, this is psychology. Think about Jung, whatever. Is that you're not just your your eminence, your consciousness. There are things below the surface that are operating that you're just unconscious of, right? Yeah. Think about your your sex drive. You can't you can't control that, can you? So you go, I'm not going to jerk off tomorrow, <laughs> for instance. I'm not going to do this. Tomorrow. <laughs> and, and then you, you end up doing it, don't you? Or I'm going to be on a diet. So how much control do you really have? There are archetypes below the surface, yeah. which will, will, if you don't integrate them, right? Like say having a partner, having a relationship, that's integrating your anima, which is like the female part of your personality. How early was it that you knew you were sort of good at telling story? Like the Scottish word for it is patter isn't it right you go to a pub it's like oh you got a good <laughs> powder brew, right when it that's that's really what it is it's a cultural thing like wh- when did you know you were sort of good at that like telling stories and telling jokes
0: from from an early age it was a case of, if i heard some mental story that i just thought that's fucking brilliant i wanted to tell as many people about it as possible like and also like the real true stories like are much better because when you realize that these insane events actually happened they had so much harder And I've always enjoyed talking about it. But even when I was doing my YouTube channel and I was doing, you know, the whole the left are coming to cut your kids' dicks off and possibly molest them like type type of videos and stuff like that, that was never, I never really thought about doing that. It wasn't until I went, okay, I'm going to make a little bit of a fun video and I discovered uh, a gentleman uh, called Reiner Winkler, who is a dragon lord, who I just thought, right, this story is fucking mental. This is fucking insane. There's so much footage. I need to do a video on this just for a bit of fun i did the video on it and people were all saying this was brilliant we thoroughly enjoyed this you should do more content like this and i thought okay then i'll i'll do a series on it and basically the name absolute mad lads appeared that's up you know appeared and that's when i just started and instead of it first it was just sort
1: of mental like young people like you got people that admire you now which you, i know <laughs> when you you probably don't see yourself that way but like when you're younger though I want to know, like, when you're okay, what did you want to do when you were a kid? Like, did you have an idea of what you wanted to do?
0: I wanted to be an archaeologist.
1: (laughs) Really? Dude, so (laughs)
0: nice. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want want to know what shattered my dreams? Uh, My dad managed to, my dad was, like, quite high up in the fire brigade, and he actually uh, threw some connections, knew some people at uh, Glasgow University who have a, very very well renowned like archaeology department they go out and find roman ruins and all these roman artifacts and everything sometimes some viking stuff and everything old old stuff from norman conquest anglo-saxon stuff and i was like oh that's amazing i can't believe i'm actually and they went yeah you're going to do your school work experience in their archaeology department and i was oh my god that's amazing i was in a little room in the back in the like the back of the department hovering over a sink scrubbing little bits of pot with a toothbrush that was me for the entire week and I was like, "This was shit. This fucking sucked." <laughs>
1: Man, oh, like, you hated it.
0: You hated it. <laughs> I, I hated it. I was like, "Okay." Yeah. I, I, I was like, "Okay." When I go into this, I'm I'm not going to be Indiana Jones getting lowered yeah, yeah. down into some old Roman catacombs <laughs> or something like that, right? And I yeah, knew yeah. that wasn't yeah, going to yeah. happen. But I was yeah. like, "Can I at least like go to a field? Can I put a trowel yeah. in, into yeah, the ground?" Yeah. Also, I I get none of that. Like, yeah. I got. A little bit of a tour of the artifact room, which was interesting as shit, mm. but that lasted about twenty minutes until one of the top guys came in and went, "They're not allowed to be in here."
1: Yeah,
0: and I was like, yeah. "Oh, cool." you are shit like, kicking now.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they had
0: things like that Viking axe heads and everything, and I was like, "Right, okay, this is the yeah, cool, yeah, this is the good yeah. shit, this is fun." Yeah. But then, then no, get get back to you, scrubbing bits of pot with a toothbrush. Yeah. So yeah, that, that and that kind it's of like shattered the dream. <laughs>
1: yeah it's like the story of it you fell in love with the story of the archaeology right that was me because i thought indiana jones right i have this old clip of me like a video of me like my parents shot and they, like, what do you want to be on the graph and i'm like yeah i want to be an archaeologist like indiana jones that's probably where you got it from dude like maybe or maybe because you said your dad sort of worked in it though or was involved in it oh no my, you, my dad was very connected. high up
0: in the fire brigade and he was yeah, yeah, connected right. Sorry. to the people that ran a uh, glasgow university so he spoke to a friend of a friend who put him in touch and everything and do you know for me it wasn't even indiana jones it was something oh, right. like far far more embarrassing uh yeah right do you remember time team
1: time team yes i love yes. time team man <laughs> yes yeah i, I watched to... every episode of that shit <laughs> i yeah.
0: used to watch shit tons yeah. of that when i was yeah. like a little child yeah. and i was like that's so cool that's amazing i want to do that and yeah so no no i didn't didn't get to go out and dig up any roman forts or anything like that unfortunately but hey-o. is there
1: anything to do with the stuff that around you because i'm also wanted to talk to you today about mythology right because you're just getting into that with your videos yeah. like did you grow up in a village did you grow up in a
0: no I, I grew up in a very working class you know you know like the towns that used to be very big on like mining and steelworks and stuff and then all of that shut down and then the place just becomes this like absolute, like almost like a larp of the tv show shameless
1: yeah. yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Essentially, I grew up in Colt Bridge. That's where I grew up and everything. And the the, the key things I learned there was uh, how how to roll a free Skinner joint. That was uh, that, yeah. So it was it wasn't great. It was it was it's not a great place to be. I I grew up in one of the worst parts as well. A place called Summerlee. Now summer lee sounds lovely, but it's it's not. <laughs> it ain't uh, summer in summer lee. <laughs> yeah, no. It's cold
1: ding winter, grimdark Yeah, the,
0: yeah uh. the, the fucking the the local priest get robbed at knife point by two 13 year olds. That's <laughs> that that's the that's the type of place it is. But that's where I grew up. But I've always I have always enjoyed like the country life and everything like that. i have, I've I understand that sometimes I would like going into cities for the convenience, but it's like, I need to visit a bunch of shops. I'll go into the city. But as for living in a city, I just think the idea is atrocious. I I don't know how people can live in them. But right now I live in a little village where fucking nothing happens. Nothing happens here. And it's blissful. I fucking love it here.
1: Yeah. So country life is kind of idealized for you, which makes sense from where you came from. In the village you're in now, what's the community center is it the pub is that where the sort of general community meet like what's the outlay because part of my work is that it's like understanding what the base thing is of, of well, our cultures right which is the pub is a really important community center it of, is of, you're of, correct yeah
0: we've we've got two pubs mm. uh, one pub is for people of a certain roman religious faith and the other pub is for people with a more royalist religious (laughs) faith (laughs) because because, the old uh,
1: troubles still continue oh yes they do do.
0: however the 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 catholic pub you know is the center of the village that's that's i would say is the main one and then the much smaller protestant community go to the the other one just outside of town, you know? <laughs> so that's outside of town as well. Right. Yeah.
1: That's interesting, right? Because, like, in England, of course, like, it's the Irish pub. It's the one that's, oh, that's where the rough people are, right? Whereas, you know, the is that what you mean by Catholic? It's, like, not Irish, but, it, like, is that it's a, just a Scottish Catholic pub? Is that what you mean?
0: It's just, it's basically the pub where the Catholics and Celtic supporters go, you know, it's yeah, a, right. a yeah, literal yeah, one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's kind of then, interesting Yeah.
1: that uh, yeah. it's... Is, because the thing about the English pub, I think there's a difference between the English pub and the Scottish pub, is that the English pub is, I would say the Scottish pubs are more a rougher, right? Like it's more you're yeah. tested when you're in there. Uh, or is it, do you, in that pub, in your village, is there like the sort of community stuff on the wall? Do they have the local, or is it more like a sports bu- <laughs>
0: they They have, <laughs> not outside. They used to have this outside, but then they got in a little bit of trouble. So now they're inside, uh, pictures of various martyrs shall we say yeah uh, basically the ones outside they used to have like the celtic play- play- they've got the celtic players now but it used to be you know people that di- died fighting uh, against the crown for a united ireland yeah right yeah that was hardcore there's a very hardcore pub
1: It's kind of interesting how like the exchange of saints to the modern saints who are kind of like the famous players right it is kind of like that that's the 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 working but well it's like it's the it's the modern man's mythology really when you think about it it's like that's the the zeus of modern day these sort of celebrities whereas the saints of old times were although the funny thing is these players don't have any morals right (laughs) or saints at least are a good example of of (laughs) what you should do um,
0: it's like a path you know, talking about someone who was a pious man or someone who gave gave his sandals to the poor beggar or washed the leper's feet or something like that. And then it's like, there's fucking Shoko Nakamura. <laughs> 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 like, You know what I mean? Like football yeah. I mean, if, if you want them to be your athletic idols where it's like, oh, I wish I was as healthy as that and everything, I wish I was able to run that fast, then cool, that's fine. However... For your moral standards, I don't think a footballer
1: yeah, is yeah, the, it's the best
0: choice, yeah. Obviously.
1: And the thing is, that's how we, like, when we come up as young humans, that's how, when we we imitate that, that which we admire. So it's actually really important, um, Yeah. and athletically, that's fine, but it's, uh, you know, we, that's what we've kind of lost touch with, I think, our connection with our greatest heroes, and a hero yeah. is someone who does something, who, adapt, who is like a great adaptation that was crucial to your culture, who represents the value hierarchy. Like William Wallace, Robert the Bruce, these people are admired, right? And then you want to, you even do it subconsciously, unconsciously, you imitate that hero's procedures. Like a procedure, a story, essentially, even all the stories you tell, is a procedure and its outcome. It's the, the different yeah. actions and the outcome, right? That's all we are, really. Like it's where are we're set of actions and the outcomes of that that's like what a goal is you set a goal you follow through those actions that's yeah. why it's that's why it's it's so important it goes uh, along with
0: uh, some people like sort of fall into the trap to think that they are supposed to make the hero's journey at some point in their life and it's not well th- that's not going to happen to everyone you're not going to be in a situation where you will have to follow the hero's journey but i think the entire point of it is you need to be prepared to be you need to be that type of person right so basically when shit goes down you want to have the skills and the moral fortitude to be able to do all of that like you look at the hero's journey and you need to say to yourself what would i do in that situation and then it's a case of well you want to aspire to do what the hero did in that situation your friends were in danger you put your own life in danger to save them and help them Mm. right and it's a case of. You may not be in that situation, I kind of hope that you're never in a situation like that, but mm. it's a case of you're supposed to aspire to be that if you are ever in that type of situation.
1: And it's interesting, right? It's not even people think, oh, I have to just, how do I become the man? How do I become, gain the virtues of the person that's able to do that? And that's when it comes to virtue ethics, which is you don't, if you want to be courageous, right? You need to do, you, you break it down as in, what are the small things I can do every week that makes me more courageous? Like you gain it from habituating this, like that might be, okay, just standing up to someone who just talks down to me or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you do that and the more you habituate that, so you practice the small things, but when the big thing comes along and you need to be courageous, you will be because you've habituated the virtue of, of courage. So it's like an yeah. enabling constraint. So you put you constrain yourselves with these practices that you you habituate, and then when it when the moment comes, you can do it. That's that. So it's not just Maybe. like you can train for this sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, but then also putting it into practice and stuff like that as well. And you know, it could be, you know, as standing up to your boss who treats you like shit and could be like, you know, that might be your little equivalent of uh, fighting the dragon. You know, that, that is it, that's the case of... That's
1: true, though. But like,
0: it, yeah, it's not quite as major, no. but it is a little victory that made a positive.
1: And you can use the hero stories as symbols, right? Which you're yeah. going to get into with the Celtic mythology. This isn't just stuff to go, oh, that's interesting. It's stuff to look at. Okay, how does that relate to me? There's symbols that we can look at and break down, because... The modern struggle doesn't look like the struggle back in the day when you had swords, but it can be just as like the Green Knight. There's the Green Knight, uh, uh, Arthur and the, uh, and the Green Knight is like that, right? Is that yeah. it compares the story between a quest of fighting stuff and being tempted by a woman. So it's the Green great
0: it, story. I, I know the gist of the Green Knight story. Is the Green Knight the guy that challenged Arthur, if you can cut my head off? Was that yeah, him? But, I, I know the, the gist, I don't know the exact story, but I, I thought that was pretty badass though, when he just puts his head back on his shoulders and goes, I'll see you in a year. That yeah, was pretty that's fucking that's badass, yeah. 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 Some <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. It's basically like, uh, it's, it's about Gawain, who's like basically uh, uh, Arthur's uh, avatar. It's like a, a young knight, and Green Knight. So he, Green Knight challenges Arthur, that young knight takes on the, gr- the quest to, ah, uh, you gotta find me in a year, to chop off my head like, then i can chop off your head because he does it and he puts his head back on like you see. but yeah, yeah the, po- the point of that story though is that it's basically uh it's not an allegory but it's a symbol to show you that because the true struggle he really faces is this temptation of the woman right because he goes to face the green knight and goes uh, into the other world essentially and finds a keep there i'll just quickly outlay this finds yeah. the key i keep there on the way to trying to get to this green knight to meet the quest and let the green knight chop at his head like he did and then he finds there a keep inside this other world this dark place so he's not expecting because of course you go on the quest rod right, expecting to fight dragons he goes there finds this keep and this lord is friendly to him and his wife's there right and the lord goes hunting and leaves going there and they basically feast him they give him all this stuff right all this food and everything he could possibly want right and he's constantly like oh facing this and the wife of the person's flirting with him right trying to get him to have sex with her right and so right. that's his challenge and it compares that to uh the, the the lord hunting and so what that relates to is in common life now it, it's like this these tales are relevant because what are we we're feasted with everything we could possibly want aren't we like we could have oh, it yeah. the internet got, like they're tr- like constantly giving us dopamine for stuff that is just as hard in a way as the quest against like the green knight shows as the quest against the dragon like the sorry the quest against the what wo- to face the woman's temptation in the green Knight. so the yeah. tales are relevant to it like your struggle is the same if you use it as a symbol uh these heroic tales you can go, oh yeah that's the dragon that's this so it could be your boss like your boss is the dragon right okay because the archetypal patterns sort of match up anyway yeah does that make sense? What, what it does I'm, not understand
0: what you mean, and I do. We live in a time of massive overabundance of everything. It can be entertainment all the way down to, like, processed fucking freeze-dried junk food. It's fucking everywhere. And it's a case of, obviously, the more, the more and more temptation there is, the even bigger a hero that you need to be. Because, like I mean, the, man, the man's literally... The, I mean, the, most people would consider where he was. The dream he's sitting there... Chowing down on all this magnificent f- food at this feast. And then he has some bucks and wench trying to sit in his lap. Like uh, most men would be like, oh, fuck yeah. But the problem is, the moral of the story in there is none of that was his to take, even though it was being offered to him. And that falls into the Kelpie story that we just done as well. Like the Kelpie itself could be a warning as temptation. It's a case of, that's not your horse. Mm. Don't steal the fucking horse. Yes. Or it's a case of, you're a married woman. Why are you out next to some lock chatting up to this? That's really handsome man who strangely smells like the sea no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're all warnings yeah. right you know yes.
1: like i I remember in that video I watched it, and you said, um well what, what did they really exist? and it's like, well, hang on, don't they exist because I you know right that's our materialist <laughs> right. mindset that's our materialist mindset back in the day uh when you even when you go back their ontology their i their worldview was Different to us. They weren't materialist. They didn't see that way, but they literally saw maybe not back. it depends how far that legend goes back I think it probably goes far back a, a long way They literally saw it though even if it wasn't materially there as you say they saw it Like they didn't just tell a BS story about it. they it was like in their like so in their worldview that they would see like There's records of this stuff like there's records of it even today in like extreme moments like, there's, there's, like, two people see the same thing. Like, there's these two rock climbers that they almost died, and they, and they both saw the same thing, the same, like, mythological thing appear. And, like, this is in 1920 or something. Jung talks about uh-huh. this. Um, yeah, so that's just an interesting point, is that, well, it was real to them, and they would see them out there. Like, you might call that an apparition. Like, gods, for instance, like Zeus. They saw them in the forest when they would go out there, and not just as a delusion, like...
0: Not well, every time, a, of course. Sorry. Go. Slightly, slightly modern one. Those two people that I know, one of them I'm quite close with, and they told me we were talking about things like this, myths and legends, blah blah blah. And he told me a story about when he was five years old, he was out in the back garden with his sister, and it was sort of dusk, you know, like sun's not quite set yet, it's still semi light, but it's a little bit dark. And they looked up and they saw a black figure with glowing red eyes sitting on the roof, but. It was, a, they said it was a man, but it was crawling on all fours and it started shrieking at us in like some language. But then when we were shouting things back at it, like in fear, like shouting, go away and stuff like that at it, the thing started speaking in English to them and it was saying horrific, like vulgar, like horrible shit. But he, he turned around and says, when he said it, it didn't sound like just some old man saying horrible shit, like it sounded, Archaic the way he was the way this thing was wording it. And we, we, we spoke about the story, and I was just sitting there going, Oh, fucking hell, that's quite scary, a scary thing for a child to go through. He decided to go home that night and call his sister, like this. He's the guy's in his 50s now. And he called his sister and went, Do you remember when we were in the back garden playing, like years ago? when I was like six and you were like eight and that, that thing was on the roof and his sister went apeshit and went, I I thought I made that up. I I didn't think that was a real memory. You remember that as well. And he went, yeah, I remember it. I thought I made it up. but both of them remembered it and they were both like vouching each other's parts of the story. And that, I don't know. I found that really weird. That that, that freaked me out a little.
1: (laughs) People need to understand though, that look, like we've got this mindset, oh, we know everything because of science. We know, you know, athe- this, this atheism. I'm not an atheist personally, but possession, right? And uh, in an objective language, possession's real. When, you, like, when you possessed, they're the devil. That's a literal meme complex. And uh, like, if you want to talk in objective language, that's an archetype that has possessed them, and they're no longer sort of conscious. It's taken over consciousness. Right? It's not just they're not just going. No, they're possessed by. If you wanted to, like the meme, the meme complex, because like I mentioned yeah. before, like what we are as characters is is, is procedures and an outcome. Like a stories are alive. Like they 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 change, exist. They're sort of like they exist in a sort of hyperspace between all of us, in the sense of they're in each of our brains, right? But that region is real. Like they're real. They're real arrangements of real matter in your brain. They just happen to be yeah. across many brains, right? but that, that's what a God is. And you, again, like I said, possession is real in that sense. Like they're not so
0: would, making- So would you, like- say, that, so, so you would say that something happened to them to cause a massive enough shift in their personality to push them into negative traits? So negative traits, like I'm not saying lying on the ground, driving, speaking in tongues, trying to summon Beers above himself. I don't mean mm-hmm. like literal shit like that. I mean, like, do you feel that something happened to them in the process turned them into a worse off person that then does bad things?
1: I think that our psyche, and this is like you know, this is psychology. Think about Jung, whatever. Is that you're not just your eminence, your, your consciousness. There are things below the surface that are operating that you're just unconscious of, right? Yeah. Think about your your sex drive. You can't you can't control that, can you? So you go, I'm not gonna jerk off tomorrow, <laughs> for instance. I'm not gonna do this, <laughs> tomorrow. and and then you, you end up doing it, don't you? Or I'm gonna be on a diet. So how much control do you really have? There are. Archetypes below the surface yeah. which will will if you don't integrate them right like say having a partner having a relationship That's integrating your anima, which is like the female part of your personality that let's say a possessed individual you said I Would say what happens to that person is yes something happens to them Something happens to them or some ha- habit or whatever's gone through them. That's allowed the conditions For this archetype to possess them that's under right. the surface so whatever some they get raped or whatever i don't know what happens that, to, as a prelude to but they have the meme complex that's in them let's say like a meme yeah. complex is like it like a gene is a gene <coughs> you know what a gene is it's a big yeah, uh, yeah. connection of code it means the same sort of thing that's sort of alive the meme is alive uh, as a meme complex and that that complex possesses them and it's not like you could you they're probably not conscious these sort of meme complexes but they are they have agency like yeah they have a have german word and yeah and like think about hitler right that was a whole nation possessed by like woden odin the god woden the god of like it's it's you can just see in everything their behavior like it's as christianity died like he was possessed he wasn't an individual like he was possessed by this this thi- this thing uh, this odin woden yeah like all their behavior matched on to that god and what what it's and and it's it's and you look in the mythology it's it's like that but does that make sense
0: what, what what was the term that was used recently to describe all the stuff that was happening with the coronavirus is it mass mass formation psychosis i believe was the term where basically you know loads and loads of people had sort of delusion in some cases it's used as a delusion uh for example, everyone done it with coronavirus where everyone was like fucking assaulting people for not wearing masks and screaming at people and calling them filthy plague rats for not being vaccinated and all that type of stuff. And it could be something along those lines because it mass formation psychosis was described in places like Nazi Germany, communist China, where a higher power and in some cases the government, maybe that maybe the power of the, you know, maybe it came from higher than them. But the government was the impetus that spread it into everybody else. That They were the actors on the earthly plane that spread it into the rest of the population and, of course, everyone else that didn't bend the knee was uh, exterminated, yes. honestly, or othered at the very least.
1: But dude, you've, you've really grabbed onto something there, and there's a lot of people talking about this in the cognition space, in this sort of the meaning space on on, on in on YouTube. And they're calling it an egregore which is like an old like christian word for like a sort of like a demon right and this yeah. psych- psychosis you're talking about that's the woke thing do you think what do you think the woke thing is right it's an egregore yeah. and it's using the internet and it's got these update loops so uh, you've seen that meme that's like oh i believe in the i believe in the current thing and that's ukraine right it was this. Yeah, yeah and they're all sort of possessed by that by that uh egregore but the woke thing right see a protester <laughs> comes to you
0: see i'm (laughs) sorry it's just this here you were saying it was a demon right and and this is i don't know if my mind just went to this because see one of the main things and i believe this truly one of the main reasons behind the woke thing is pride like in themselves the ego the super egotistical type thing so for example like see how the problems that they preach about they don't actually want them solved they don't care whether or not they're solved in fact I don't think they want them solved because that goes against their best interest to say oh I am so a ag- good guys did you know that racism's bad like And subscribe to my channel whenever am I such a am I such a good person and it's a case of these a lot of these people don't actually care about fighting racism they want the afraid of being able to say i'm such a good person praise me praise me feed my ego feed my virtue that's what it seems like and it's a case of, when you said that demon i went that, that is kind of how a demon
1: acts <laughs> dude it is that's it's that's literally luciferianism it's about, yeah. like, Luciferian, like, you don't have to think about Christianity in this sense, like, Luciferianism and the way it's described is, it's the w- self-worship, self-crowning.
0: Yes.
1: It's all about yeah. that. It's about my subjective experience is all that matters. You call me what I force you to call me, be it a man, yes. see? You see, it's yeah. Lucifer like, it's like, no, I won't, I won't, I won't worship any hierarchy, any values, any mythology you, like I will just I'm just gonna worship myself in this, you know, it's anything immediate, right? Like and you think about it when you go like these protesters when you speak to them like who do you think you're speaking to? You're not speaking to an individual. You're speaking to it. The geist, the egregor. It could think about it, right? I that's know. fucking scary, man. Though. No, but listen, <laughs> listen, because all the answers are they the answers of an individual or is it the ideology? That's, that's the answer, right? They don't answer you as an individual, do they? They say, no, they don't. Well, exactly right. It's an egregore. It's a, it's literally like a demon and it updates what? itself. And now it's using the internet to. to I know people m- might be watching this thinking that sounds crazy, but just look into some people that are talking about this on YouTube like egregores <laughs> and geists. Like they're real. Like it's a thing. I don't know if it's conscious. Who knows if, if the egregore's is conscious, but it's, it definitely has agency. Oh, it updates did- itself. It, it updates demons... itself based on how we try to kill it. It changes and adapts. Like a, oh, sorry, like a virus.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. But, but yeah. the, 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 the thing as well is is like it does. See how they say that demons, especially like crossroad demons, they feed into your desires. They feed into your desires, and usually, and usually, whenever a wish is made, there is a catch. There's a little monkey's paw in there as well. You know, maybe maybe when they say, "Oh, I wish." I wish for mountains of gold, he'll summon that mountain right on top of you, <laughs> or at the end of it, he gets he gets your soul, and it is a bargain, but it seems that, see, because we live in the, like you said, we live in the information age where everyone's all Instagram and lots of people base their self-worth on how many likes they get, everybody wants to shape the way the world sees them. Everybody wants to say, I want everyone to think that I'm good and I'm awesome and I'm cool. And picture how the way you felt like that at school. Everybody had a little bit of feeling like that at school, right? But school was a couple hundred people. We now have access to the internet with hundreds of millions of people. And you're just one person in an ocean of all of that. So the competition to get higher up to the top just got a hell of a lot more fierce. And that requires a hell of a lot more... Basically, moral ambiguity when it Mm. comes to achieving your end goal. So Mm. it was a bit a case of if I was a demon, I would I would feed on that. Oh, you. You want yes. you, you want everyone to think you're a cool and good person. I can I can help arrange that. Yeah.
1: I, 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 <laughs> yeah. It, and it's like and, and what will I offer to do that? It's the easiest thing. It's like what's the most outrageous thing I can say instead the, the, of
0: the life behind your fucking eyes? Because if you ever, one thing is well, right. Have you seen the video? What what you just said? You're not talking to a person. You're talking. Is it was it mm. egregore? E- egregore? Egregore. Egregore, Right.
1: Yeah. Like gore. Like gore. As in.
0: Oh, egregore, Right. Have yeah, you yeah. Have you seen? I, I call her the abortion demon. And it's funny, funnily enough, even though we're talking yes. about this, I, yeah. before this, I called her the abortion yeah. demon. The yeah. one that says, I am what conservatives fear. And she's like pouring <laughs> yeah. the glass of wine, yeah. saying yeah. that she's getting an abortion. Yeah. Yeah. Like, someone commented under it going, why does this person not feel like a human? Mm. And I, I watched the video and I went, yeah, there's there's something. Mm. There's something not right with this fucking person. This is strange. Well, the desi- yeah. it's
1: like you said, like you just said, the desire of her, it's just pure, It possess, it's possessed her based on her desire for the cloud. So the desire for clout goes away, because does she really believe that? Whatever, it doesn't matter. She's now yeah. possessed by the thing, because it's got her in the sense that she's saying the thing that's most outrageous, she's living, she's like, she's doing what the, the, the Egregore would most want, right? Yeah. Because it's like a feedback loop, a reward feedback loop. So the Egregore wants it, And it gets what it wants she gets clout right from the rest of the people that are possessed by it it's an alternate hierarchy right think about it it is an alternate hierarchy woke people right they've invented a way of making money that isn't about merit it's if i say the right things i can climb the activist hierarchy and get reward and get paid just for this and that's just degenerate it doesn't that doesn't create wealth all it does is degenerate wealth in the sense that It it degenerates it from the wider society, right? Because it's inefficient to do all this stuff. Because it's not based on merit or... You know what I mean? So I know that's like... But it's more nefarious than it sounds. Because that is the egregore.
0: (laughs) Well, the the, the way that you're describing it as well... I don't know. Are you familiar with Warhammer?
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, but that's not
0: like... (laughs) I know, but it's just... The way it's getting described See, for example, Korn. He's the, the blood god, right? The blood of, like, chaos and war. Now... The way he does things is he doesn't care who's winning. He doesn't care what side is going to come out on top. All he cares about is that war is happening. That's what he wants. And basically, if everyone's at peace and everyone's at war, then that does not give corn power, and that makes him very upset. So what he might do is come in, and he'll find some weak minds to corrupt, to instigate each other into causing a war, right? So basically, it's a case of, you know, the you've heard the phrase blood for the blood god right so and if if he's not getting any then he will and basically instigate situations to cause blood to be spilled right he's not allowed to do it himself but he can certainly whisper a few thoughts into people's ears that that guy just called your mum a bitch yeah Uh, like that (laughs) It, it feels like that yeah
1: but dude like you're you're not wrong like think about Zench, the change god and slanish slanish who oh, is oh, the yeah. pleasure god right or, yeah. or f- he's just feeding on what you want and you look at the the shape-shifting changing of the male and female transgender stuff if we can talk about that whatever anyway think about <laughs> that like cinch z- with Zinch, right like he it's it's hedonism like yeah, that's yeah. what we're facing and and it's like it's feeding off it think about Pornhub, for instance that's almost like it like a uh uh at least a a, a, a base level algorithmic, like, if that's automating content, starts automating content and cutting stuff together on its own, it just uses what you like and it's slowly, slowly becoming more, like enslaving people to their like base desires. Pornhub, right? Because by making like, yeah. more and more novel. And if the algorithm starts to do it, what is that? Is that, it? does that have agency?
0: I said, yeah, but saying thing is, algorithms, they don't even have a soul. They're lines of code. They're they're just but the problem is that they're learning about you and they're trying to find out what you want to keep you glued to your screen as much as possible and that's not just Pornhub, youtube instagram facebook they, they all do it they go okay this is the type of stuff that this person engages with the most this is the stuff that we're going to stick in front of them and before you know it you've literally sat there for three hours browsing on your phone other people that are doing a bunch of shit to try and get clout i mean the only time i would say that that's time well spent is if you're watching a good movie or you know you're watching like a documentary because you want to learn about something then yeah okay that's fine but it's a case of what do you what do you mean you just stared at tits for the last three hours <laughs> what do you what do you mean like what did that yeah. achieve like what what, what knowledge slavery. did you gain mm. <laughs> like Talk from to that
1: totally yeah. to like what, what where's of like that's where's of the virtue like how, how, how have you better yourself in any way and that's what people are lacking. They're thirsting for meaning, which is, again, what I think is the use at looking at mythology, right? Because what is that but an, a positive egregore, right? A po- that's, mm. that's how, if you want to insulate yourself from these things, like, you know, that might be for a lot of people, that's Christians, right? They have, G- like, G- Jesus is, is, that, is a positive egregore that protects them, let's say. Yeah. And mythology is the same. It could be, like, a positive, like, there's something, like, in the English culture, I call it, I call it like the the spirit of the king of england right the king spirit which is the value hierarchy it's the what we most value the most the patterns of action of our greatest heroes now you could consider that scottish for your own whatever that is that makes up a cultural personality that forms civilization that is a person that's a personality because what is a personality but a pattern of behavior from these like Think about it these things are kind of created mythology celtic mythology it comes out of the oral tradition right that is the people as a whole all tell the stories in pubs when they go out into the world they have that story in their head and they uh, implicitly imitate the procedures in the story of the hero when they face a situation that's similar say robin hood for instance right yeah if that's successful Right because it reflects the reality on the ground as the ethic of the people if it's successful they live or they have a competitive advantage They get back to the pub and they have and they retell the story, right? If it's slightly not successful, they adapt creatively in the environment and Slightly change that story when they get back to the pub and, with their version of it That's how the oral tradition emerges to, to create this sort of Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. so all these people going out into the world Using this, the story they've learned about Robin Hood as a great hero, or William Wallace, for instance, right? They go from the oral tradition or a Celtic one. They go out into the world. They implicitly imitate those heroic procedures because that's someone you admire, right? A hero you admire. You can't help it. It's the value hierarchy. You go yeah. out into the world and do it. If it works, that's natural selection, just like, just like uh, yeah. creatures are selected. If it slightly doesn't work because we're human, we adapt slightly to the situation and slightly change that, right? That's like a Bayesian feedback loop. That All these people come back to the pub with their with their new information of this story, right? And when they yeah. retell the story, all the different people, it's slightly changed. So it reflects the truth on the ground. So those procedures of those great heroes are real truths on the ground that worked for the people. Yeah. That's they why could, they survived.
0: It, it just altered over time, almost a little bit like Chinese Whispers, but in this yes. case, instead of... Instead of okay, it's not the original story, but it's now more correct information. Yes. Essentially. Yeah.
1: Moral truth though, like it works, yeah. it helps you, right? And that's essentially that Celt- could be Celtic heroes or whatever. That's a positive egregore. So if you t- you tell more of your Celtic mythology, and I really think you should, from this perspective, because yeah. it's fucking <laughs> important. It's great. Or I see it's when I saw you doing that, I went, Yes, this is great. This is gonna be so good. Um More of that because the ethics in the stories, and when you break them down and analyze them, which is what I do uh, for English, on the English side of it, you can break out the procedural information, the procedure and its outcome from the heroes, and that shit's real. That shit works in the world when you imitate it. Like, say when you watch a movie, when you watch a movie, a woke movie, that's dangerous, right? You know why? Because the procedures that are in their movies don't match the value hierarchy that's in the psyche, those procedures don't reflect the truth on the ground so say it's a feminist movie right and it says you can beat up you're a woman and you can beat up here you can beat up any man what happens in the world when you imitate that and you see people doing that these days like, it's not untrivial is it a woman yeah. goes and punches this man and gets completely knocked out like what the hell are you doing you know yeah. i mean
0: I'm- i know I know what you mean yeah i i've, I've seen it oh look at it- look at this little bad bitch she weighs 120 pounds and she takes down like three 250 pound bodybuilders <laughs> and it's like, like okay i will admit like technique can sometimes trump size not oh, when wow. you're 120 pounds <laughs> 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 like, yeah, not, exactly. not not when you're fighting some like great big bulldog that doesn't even have a neck <laughs> right it's like no nah. but yeah right. I, I completely get. do you know like, what i
1: mean like that's true yeah. though like And it it can be much worse than that, can't it? With the type of stuff you see in it. It's presenting you a false reality. That's what a lie is. And you imitate it in the world and it doesn't work. Okay, here's one. See what you think of this. Um, Oh, I'm a woman. I'll be satisfied with just a career and not having children. Then you get to 50 years old. And then you can't have kids anymore because you were presented these narratives that told you you'd be fulfilled. And then as we see with stuff that comes out now, you're not fulfilled, are you? And you can't do anything about it.
0: There are there are a lot of women, a lot of women in 50s, 60s, 70s. Oh, I wanted a career, or I wanted to be the, the cool auntie that slept on Tia Maria's, you know, living in the city in my single bedroom apartment with my three cats. Like, they, they wanted to be that, you know, like, you see being a socialite, you know, that, that can only last for so long. Like, it gets to your point when you're approaching your 40s and everyone's like, why, why are you still hanging out in trendy bars with a bunch of 20-year-olds? Like, what the fuck are you doing? right? And, and there's so many women now who are in their 50s, 60s, and so on, who are alone. They, they, No family, no kids. Like, Maybe they've got brothers and sisters, and they've got some nieces and nephews and stuff like that. But outside of that, that, that's it. They don't have anyone. There's no husband. There's no kids. There's no grandkids. There's nothing like that. And they, they've passed the point now where it's too late. And there's so many women, like there was an article from like a famous woman who divorced her husband when she was like 27 and lived the life of the socialite and everything. And now she's in her 50s and she's wrote this huge article saying it was the biggest mistake she ever made because she says, I've never felt so alone. Because it does, it gets to a point where like, and it's, it's some people can go like, haha, serves you right. But, but nah that's, that's, that's a truly like tragic way to be. Mm. I, never, I know. And it's, yeah. Is, I mean, yeah, I,
1: I, I laughed earlier, but, and then I was thinking, as you were talking, I was thinking that exact same thing, and I'm just thinking, I love women, I, imagine, I, I, love, I, women. I, I, I love women, I love women, don't want this would... to happen to them. Yeah, yeah, it was so, like
0: yeah. one, one of the things as well that someone pointed out, and I think this is bright because this is what I, this is what I would like, is whenever someone's on their deathbed, or whenever someone's having their eulogy read out, and stuff like that, no one ever turns around and goes, oh, and we should all remember Mary's, great career she really crunched those numbers she worked her way up to middle (laughs) management and stuff like that to the to the fucking funeral of about like three people one of them's the house driver Uh, man like no no, nobody wants that like the, the way that i want to be sent out is the way i assume any other women should be sent out having about 15 people standing around my bed like brothers sisters daughters sons grandsons granddaughters fucking everybody their husbands their wives and everyone like that like that's that's a send-off that's a send-off like listen look at look at look at these 15 different stories you helped create that are going to go off into the world and forge and forge the world like they're, they're going to have a ripple effect that will continue through the aeons like i'm sorry your job at the accounting firm didn't do that no Right. it no. did not right.
1: and like your father and your mother are literally in you like the spirit of them is in you like I know this sounds a bit that's why it's so important because you live through them and then you like you're up the spirit of your ancestors This is what Jung said Carl Jung you know the psychologist I'm sure, you probably yeah is that the spirit like when you're young they're disorganized like spirit when I say spirit right that sounds a bit spiritual but let's just think about mean complex right yeah. like a, they're in there disorganized right and he did, he invented a practice called uh, like an imaginal practice, right? It's called active imagination, where he would, like, it's like meditation, right? But you're basically m- deeply meditating and then communicating with this stuff that's in the psyche, just in the unconscious. It's like archetypal stuff, right? Just it's active imagination, right? And the spirit of your father's in there. And think about it practically or pragmatically. Is that when you, with your kid, maybe you haven't done this yet, but you, you probably find yourself saying stuff your dad said to you to your your son or daughter you know what i mean because the spirit of him the procedures are in him like you've got like you have a even if it's not exactly him you have a construction of his character in your memory and mind which represents his there are
0: little things that i've mimicked is is one of them one of them's a stupid little thing and it sounds kind of silly to talk about right but i I do i do this thing with Sadie, just like my dad does well i'll be sitting holding her and I'll be dancing with her, and I'll I'll do this, it feels embarrassing doing it, right? This no, is some private me, yeah. stuff, right? But I'll go, ta, 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 like that, <laughs> yeah, and like yeah, dance yeah. with her, right? Silly yeah. little stupid thing, right? But she likes it, but like, that's what my dad did with me. That's yeah, my, right. whenever my dad picks up See. a baby, that's mm. what he does, and everybody does that little, like, dance with the baby and makes that little noise. And it's, I I do that. I do that with mm. Sadie now and everyone's around. It's because I've seen him doing it exactly right
1: and literally in the childhood development stage like this is like piaget i know this is sounding a bit peterson talking about this but like (laughs) literally we absorb you absorb the your parent in that stage because you're completely imitating everything they do you don't listen to their words like You imitate them just based on everything you're seeing. It's different than forming a representation going, I'm going to copy that person. You literally absorb them and you kind of absorb their character. That's how you kind of get the value hierarchy.
0: Because because of the mimicry stage, children. It's a a survival thing as well where children are, basically it's hard-coded into the brain where even though you don't understand the action, you mimic it. And apparently it's through repeatedly mimicking the action you would discover, like, it could be something, you know, like, go go back to, like, let's return to monkey, like, all the way back then and everything. Like, you'll see, like, the one of the apes, like, peeling an orange or peeling a bit of fruit. The child might pick up a rock and try and do it and everything. And even though that's not going to work, it's the child mimicking it. So, but when the child picks up that bit of fruit, it will be able to copy it because it mimicked, mimicked the behavior. So it came part of a survival thing, but it seems that it's, even though we've sort of lost the need for that it still serves an important purpose where but hopefully you're only getting the uh, positive traits to pass on
1: (laughs) well no you you can't get the negative ones right
0: yeah yeah. (laughs) like
1: like it's uh yeah but it's everything like it's not trivial though that's not trivial like and especially when it comes to the human like you're picking up everything the intonation it's and that doesn't mean just physical things like when you combine all those things together like you're picking you're absorbing like the value hierarchy like of your culture as well like there's a reason why you like stuff there's a reason why you like celtic mythology there's a reason why you like like I don't like there's a reason why you don't like it like you probably prefer that mythology over not just because that's where you're from it's because it's connected to your value hierarchy which is in there like underlies everything
0: right like i've got a few got a few statues of the gods up there as well <laughs> oh yeah as well yeah i've got a few I've got mainly i've mainly, mainly get the Morrigan. when will you get the Mordigan?
1: When were you first when was your first interest in that sort of stuff? Like in terms of the cultural Celtic, Gaelic?
0: A long time ago, because there are a lot of stories. It's mostly for your grandparents that you hear stuff like that as well. Like you hear like lots of little silly like wives' tales and all that. But then there's 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 some where you understand that they're supernatural like say for example the kelpies horses that could walk on water and all that okay you understand that's supernatural but then there was one story that i was reading and my, and my mind to get kind of blown by that because this is considered mythical right and it's called the gilly do the gilly or like maybe the gilly do depending on which island you're on right but the gilly do and it's named after the gilly the suit see the gilly suit mm. that uh so oh, you gilly suit, right, yeah, okay. gilly suit, right? But yeah the gilly, yeah. gilly dude was basically a man who lived in the forest and he had those clothes made of leaves and all that and what happened is sometimes kids would apparently there was a famous forest up north i forget the exact names but i'm going to do a video on him eventually but sometimes kids would go to the forest next to the lock where they were playing and the kids would get lost in the forest and it would start to get dark and they were getting scared and what would happen is the gilly dude would appear and he would say it's far too dangerous for you to be out here at night. Come to me. To, come with me to my house, to my cabin. I know. I've realized, I know. Sometimes, oh God, is this story going to turn sinister or something? No. The gilly, gilly dude would take them. In the wood, take them to the cabin. He would feed them. He would tell them stories. And then the next morning, when the sun came up, the gilly dude would lead them to the ne- edge, edge of the forest and like point. Oh, there's your village. There you go. You're, you're safe now. And then I was reflecting on that story, and I was going. I was that mythical? That was just a hermit that lived in the woods. Absolutely nothing supernatural happened whatsoever. See if it was like, oh, he spoke to the trees and they moved out the way and he could control the animals or he could float. to so then I'd be like, okay, then this is a mythical being. But then a part of me went, this was just a, a nice hermit that lived in the woods, right? And he obviously had some like clothes covered in moss or like what have you and stuff like that. But again, it still served as an important story of like basically it was a guy doing a good deed.
1: Yeah, dude, but that's really interesting that you say that, right? Because when they are mythical, that's a clue. Like the mythical stuff is truer than than the historical stuff, right? Because it's passed yeah. through more people. It's a yeah. like think about that. Let's th- like in Scotland, like Scotland it's like the borderlands culture. It's the same as northern English culture in in many ways, right? When yeah. you're on the borderland what would be the adaptive benefit of that of that that story passing around is that perhaps like if you're caught on the roads right and the borderland maybe it's better to hide in the forest you know like maybe yeah. that helped maybe that helped like cuz other places like you get killed by a wolf but we killed all the wolves here Like, we killed all the wolves in 1200 so yeah. they're not you don't get killed by bears or anything i know that might uh, perhaps like the forest is dangerous but well the guy who's dressed in the way he is, he lives there. Perhaps there was an adaptive benefit to that story, that the reason it survived. That makes sense to me, though. Like Borderlands, like the like Borderlands, mean yeah. English soldiers or whatever, or Scottish soldiers attacking the English. So it's better to be in the forest, right? Go with a man who looks like he's from the place. Not the outsiders, not the outsiders in the red coat, whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah
0: well, there was other things as well. Apparently, like whenever like a bush was moving, like parents would go, oh, look, it's a gilly-doo and stuff like that as well. And that, there was another sort of a, well, I'm just saying my parents pointing it out. Have you ever heard of a tanuki? That were, were, we're going all the way across the world now to Japan. And what would happen is tanukis were raccoons. They were Japanese raccoons. Uh, that were seen as extremely mischievous little creatures, right? They they weren't sinister, but they, they, they wouldn't, like, kill you or hurt you or anything like that, but they would play either a prank on you that would, like, either be a minor inconvenience or would completely ruin your fucking day, right? And they could shapeshift into all manner of different objects, right? So, see, for example, if you sat in a chair and suddenly it broke and you fell, people would go, fucking Tanuki t- transformed my chair and everyone, but... He also says if a tanuki turned into a person, uh, they would have big black bags under their eyes. And this is Japan where people work like 70, 80 (laughs) a week. So you get a lot of people walking around with big black bags under their eyes and mums and dads would go, look, it's a tanuki. And kids would be like, oh, "Oh, it's a tanuki.
1: (laughs) Dude, that's not wrong though, right? Because see, you work really long hours... That your conscious mind becomes weaker and the archetypal automatic they're autonomous yeah. right they come up and start and sort of possess you for a limited time in a way think about it when you're really tired like your sex drive might drive it drives you way more like you can't control yeah. yourself as much right so there's probably a reason why that occurred, you know, the, sorry.
0: Japan are also going through major stuff right now to completely revamp their work ethic because like they've, they've realized the destruction it's causing to society because basically the way, the way Japanese culture still has the thing of what basically the way things were way, way back when where you had kids, you took care of the kids, you raised the kids. Then once you reached a certain age where, you know, your, your bones were starting to get a little bit creaky and you, you can't really do it on your own anymore. property and everything passes on to the children and then they look after you and you would also help raising like their children and stuff like that so basically children are an investment as well in your own future so there are people to take care of you when you get old right but and but the problem is in japan people are not having children because these insane work hours in the case of the woman can't stay home all the time the man had like both of them have to work Right in this case, we don't have time to raise these kids. But then, what's happening is because people are working eighty, eighty, or eight fucking weeks. The the working work environment is so fucking over competitive that school students are being put under a mass, massive amounts of pressure. Where if you get anything less than a ninety nine on a test, you're a complete failure. <laughs> right, and it's okay, like, and that's why suicide rates are so high. Like the competitiveness has gone so mental that people are going, I can't fucking cope with this. And, and they're killing themselves and also the fact is, no one's having fucking children anymore in Japan. So basically they now have more old people than they have young people. So they have an aging population and not enough mm. people to take care of them.
1: Yeah. Also, they've got uh, intergenerational loans. Did you know that? Like what? Yeah, a lot of these, because housing so expensive in Japan that they borrow as father, son, and then they, that loan passes when the father dies to the to the next person so isn't that, fucked shit. Up? Like, that is all shit like our understanding and our w- like way of life especially because we were able to leave and lots of scots went to america and such it's like w- the kid buys a house right you're able to have your own place and not you know that's part of the american dream whatever american it's it's, it's all of us really in the anglosphere yeah know. To not have that, I don't like that I don't know what that would be like. Imagine that. How, I'm still paying this off. You don't live to pay off your house. Like you're in just yeah. in debt and just continues over like far out. Terrible. But uh Yeah, like, I admit,
0: financially things are getting a bit atrocious just now. Like I think what, obviously you're i um, very, very staunch capitalist. I feel that private property is something sure. that is extremely important because I think mm-hmm. one of the things that Can feed into a sense of belonging and being part of the world is having something that's yours. This Mm. is yours. You worked hard, you got this, you earned this, it's yours. But instead of having the whole, oh shit, I've got this for the next 25 years. And if I even miss one month, the bank will come and take it away
1: Mm.
0: like that, that type of thing. And it's also, that's why everyone's freaking out about the great reset where nobody will own anything. Well, the government will own it all. Yeah. so the government's the owner it now, article, has, it, it now has a complete monopoly over yeah. who gets what right it's like u- uber communism
1: well think about because then they if they can do that they can just adjust the prices and such you know if you're just oh, everyone's yeah, but... just a slave class it's a surf class it's a complete
0: like surf people. class and it's also a case of as well as you know if you don't toe the line and maybe say some things that uh aren't yeah. aren't particularly nice oh dear looks like you only get you only get half a bag of rice this week, young yeah, man. Yeah. Next, next week, come, come back with different opinions. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's like they're trying to remove the, like, back in the day when you probably don't like lords very much. But the cool thing about the, end, this is what you are kind of are now, is that you're an independent lord, like, gentleman, like, independent lord, right? In the sense uh. that, like, Tim Pool is the modern version of an independent rural lord. You don't live in a village. You own your to, house. Yeah, that's what I mean, love. right? Yeah. But they're populist. It's populist, right? But what that does is because you own your own thing, your income comes from... That's that's the that's the holiness and of, of small business as well. I know that sounds lame, but we call something business. But really what that is, is aspiring. Like you're talking about private property. You're aspiring to the values of the king in a way. The values of you wanting an independent space that earns all your income, right? This is a... Really important part of our values. It's your farm. It provides all your money. This is you. Your channel is a populist farm. I don't want to call it farm because the the viewers and the audience are they consider you their friend because that's true, right? Because yeah. when you watch someone on YouTube, they are. But anyway, point is, it's you're an independent rural lord in a way, but not in a way that you lord over anyone, but in the sense that you don't have to obey what the you know the ruling the elites say, at least to a, to a, to a large degree. You're independent from it. And a lot of the great inventions, even the Scots, like all the, the, the great inventions yeah. of the industrial age, like Lord Kelvin, all these independent scientists, they were quacks and weirdos. They were like fucking spiritualists, right? Because they were independent, they could do interesting stuff. And yeah. that's yeah, essentially what, what you are. You are, Tim Pool is, you know,
0: Uh, The de facto leaders. Uh, Hop Hop talks about little things like that, where he turns around and says, if there is any type of like aristocracy or anyone that's held higher in the hierarchy within the community, it should be someone that the people choose, right? It shouldn't be a case. It shouldn't be a case of like, oh, by by right of birth, this guy, this guy's the king now. It was a case of people were kind of like, well, I I I don't think uh, Stabby McStaberson the third should yeah. be should be in charge of us like yeah, yeah i mean i mean he's killed like 18 servants this month <laughs> and all that can we yeah. can we can we not have Cam kind david like, yeah. be in charge? Yeah. like he, he seems to give more of a fuck about us and all that and that's the thing it, it all comes down to choice the important part of it is choice of who do you want to be your lord and your king and everything like is that if that's the way that you want to live then you can go and live that way but that's 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 hoppianism that's 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 too much to get into that that's at this late hour
1: oh yeah no no So we're probably at that point where we should finish up anyway i'll let you get to bed man because you've uh you know you've got uh, but this was really good dude i enjoy uh, the conversation you know
0: i enjoyed it man. yeah it yeah. was good fun yeah. there's certainly certainly interesting stuff about the yeah. aggregate i didn't i didn't think of it that <laughs> yeah. way but that's a little bit of a terrifying concept
1: Dude, uh, check it out. And I would say anyone at home, look, at there's people talking about this. Like I don't know if you know about John Viveki. Uh, but these are like cognitive scientists. But people are connected to them. He's not. Well, they have sort of talked about geists, geist spirits or whatnot, uh, as agencies, like as agencies are involved. So, yeah, I would look at it. I'd look at it. And uh, just if you search on YouTube, Agregor, you can probably find some stuff. You should as well, <laughs> Mark. Right. Just have a look okay. at what's, what's going on. But anyway, man, it was a real, real pleasure. I, I, I look forward to talking again soon, man.